Sometimes we just need to be out of commission for a while so that we can do some of the minor things that need to get done. Paul did a lot of reflecting and writing and preaching when he was locked up. One of the great things he did was speak up on behalf of Onesimus. Onesimus was a slave of Philemon, who had skipped town, leaving his master behind. Because he was a slave, Onesimus was literally at Philemon's mercy. Philemon could have done anything to Onesimus, even to the point of killing him. But Onesimus had become a Christian and a great help to Paul. And so we find Paul pleading to Philemon on behalf of the runaway slave to forgive him and show Onesimus mercy. Paul was a busy man and had many important matters to attend to, but Paul had time on his hands because he was locked up. God used this downtime, prompting Paul to use his powers and influence to make a difference in the life of a wretched slave who had put his faith in God. What good can you do during this downtime? Well, we've been locked up for about a month now, over a month, and some of you have been locked up even longer. And I know that many are wondering, when is this all coming to an end? Well, as I've already said, our premier, Mr. Pallister, tells us that we will be the first province uh, to open the economy. And so I think most of us are looking forward to that. But in the meantime, we have approximately another two to three weeks where we are going to be locked up. And the nice thing is that this message series will take us right to the end of our lockup time. We really want to use this time wisely and for the glory of God. That is, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then I know that that is your desire. That is what you want to do. You really want to honor God. Now, some uh, have really been in solitary confinement. You've been at home alone, and it's really getting old right now, and you're wondering, how on earth am I going to to survive? You may be feeling overwhelmed. You may be wondering, uh, can I actually make it for another two or three weeks? And uh, let me just tell you right off that, yes, you can. You can make it. The, The Bible tells us that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And that really is the secret, isn't it? That we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And so what we need to do is we need to look to Jesus Christ. We need to gain strength from him. We need to gain hope from him. And we need to to find direction from him. And really that's what this sermon series is about. What do we do while we are locked up? Well, this is the wonderful thing about the book of Philemon, the, the shortest, one of the shortest in the New Testament. Uh, we find here Paul giving instruction to Philemon, who's a leader in one of the churches that he planted. And Paul, when he writes this letter, writes it from prison. So what we're doing is we're looking at Philemon from a, a little bit of a different angle. Usually the focus is on Philemon and Onesimus, the escaped slave, which I'll talk about more in just a moment. Uh, But what we're doing is we're looking at the Apostle Paul now. We're talking about Paul and how he coped 
with his lockup, with his confinement. And I hope that your hearts will be encouraged today. Um, understand that for the Christian, we understand that our help is from the Lord. And because our help is from the Lord, we go to the scripture for that guidance, for that instruction, and for that direction. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of people still haven't figured this out yet. This is how powerful the Word of God is. It gives us instruction. It gives us guidance. It tells us how to cope with life and whatever life throws at us. So may your hearts be encouraged today. For these three weeks, we are uh, looking at Paul. Why? Because Paul, like us, was locked up. We don't know exactly how long Paul was locked up. I can assure you that he was locked up for a, a, a lot longer than we have been locked up or will be locked up for. Now, there's some debate as to where Paul was locked up when he wrote this letter to Philemon. Was it in Ephesus? Was it in Rome? Uh, we, don't in, we don't really know. We're not entirely sure of that. But for perspective, understand this. Uh, it's, it doesn't matter where he was locked up. What matters is that he was locked up and he seemed to thrive in those conditions. And I think that really is what all of us want. Uh, we want to be able to thrive. We want to be happy. We want to know the peace of God. We want to know the joy of the Lord. And uh, that is my prayer today. Now, the reason we want to look to Paul is because Paul tells the Corinthians, imitate me. And of course, as he says, imitate me, we know that he is saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we are looking to Paul as an example of somebody who is locked up, as somebody who continues to honor and glorify Christ, even though he is locked up. Now, before I go any further, let me just say this. Uh, this sermon series was supposed to be accompanied by a small group uh, time, a small group meeting. And so what we're asking you to do is we're asking you to get together with your small group. A number of you are, are doing that already. Uh, our small group, we've been meeting now for three weeks and we will continue to meet. Uh, what I'm asking that you do is you try to make the meeting between 30 to 60 minutes. Uh, 30 to 40 minutes is actually ideal. You don't want to drag it on too long because it is difficult to meet through Zoom. And yet it's so important to have that connection. So while you're meeting together, just share briefly, each and every one of you, uh, how you're doing. Just tell us what's going on in your life. If you're struggling, then be honest about it. Don't pretend to be a super Christian. Just say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Uh, this is what I've been doing. Um, and just share what you've been doing at, at your house. And then what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to share something that you got or gained from this sermon today just something that challenged you that you can share with others. And if uh, you find that you are sharing the same thing that somebody else is sharing, that's okay. It doesn't matter. Maybe everybody in the small group will come together and share exactly the same thing about what challenged them. That's fine. Do that. And then take a few moments to pray for each other. And uh, I'm, I'm praying and believing that God will encourage your hearts. Now, today what we're doing is we're following Paul's good example in doing good while in prison. Every one of us is in prison right now, but the good news is that every one of us has got the power to do good. And that's what we need to do. 
What does God want you to do from your prison? We know what Paul did from his prison. We know that he wrote a letter to Philemon. We know that he exercised influence. In fact, while in prison, Paul did many great and wonderful things that I would encourage you to read from the book of Acts right through uh, to, to Hebrews um, and, and see the wonderful things that God has done uh, through his people uh, while in prison. In fact, uh, really, John the Revelator on the island of Patmos, he was in prison as well. And you see the wonderful things that God did through him and bringing to us the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, uh, yeah, read, read the New Testament and see the great things that God can do uh, through people who are in prison. Now, remember what I said, we are imitating the Apostle Paul. And here's what Paul says to the Galatians. He says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone and especially to those in the family of faith. This is who we are as believers. This is who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. We are people who do good. Now I'm going to say there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians who have not yet learned how to do good. They want good to be done to them, but it never occurs to them somehow that they should be doing good for others. In fact, Jesus tells us clearly that when we uh, serve others, uh, that is the secret to greatness. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, then you need to be a servant. In fact, Jesus says that about himself. He says, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. I came to do good. So the apostle Paul, uh, really, if you're looking at his life and if you, if you are familiar with his writings, you know that doing good is really at the core of, what, uh, 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 of how Paul exercises his Christianity. We know that preaching the cross is at the core of his ministry, but as we're looking at Paul as a Christian, as, as a private Christian in his personal walk with God, he's saying, hey, as believers, we, we uh, do good to one another because that's what Jesus Christ did. He did good. So during this lockup, some uh, have come up with some creative ways to, to do good. And I got to tell you, we've had uh, just so many kind people in our church bless the staff in just amazing ways. We've had food brought to us. We've had pizza. We've had muffins. Uh, we've had uh, uh, cards, emails, texts. Uh, I personally have received a great number. And I... I don't know if you realize that, but it is, it is a tremendous blessing to us. It helps us. It encourages us to carry on. Now, I've got to tell you this as well. This is, this is ministry in, in ways that we have never been trained and, uh, and never prepared for. So I, I'm very grateful for your, for your kindness to us and understanding that that we're being called to do things that we've never done before. And by the way, let me just say again, just how amazing our staff is. Every one of them is really going above and beyond the call of duty. And I just want to say thank you. So before we go on to this, this example of the Apostle Paul of doing good, let me just remind you of what we talked about last week. The Apostle Paul begins 
the book of Philemon with prayer and praise. Prayer for Philemon and thanksgiving for Philemon. He has got the time on his hands right now where he's able actually to think about uh, maybe things that he wouldn't normally be able to think about. He's not traveling anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's not doing anything. He has to just sit in his prison and, and he has to say, God, what do you want me to do? And as he's sitting there, he's given cause to praise God. He's given cause to, to pray. And so my prayer is that you are doing exactly the same thing. That you're taking that time to praise the Lord and to give him thanks for his faithfulness. And can I ask you the question? Who are you praying for these days? You've got time on your hand. And maybe what you need to do is get together with your wife or your husband or maybe with your kids or maybe a Zoom call. Uh, I, was, uh, I had a Zoom call with a friend of mine who, who lives in England this morning and we talked for about an hour and had a time of, uh, of prayer together. It's very encouraging. Uh, who are you praying with? And who are you praying for? Who's it, who are you giving thanks to God for? I'm going to tell you something. Something very powerful happens when you pray for people. And when you give God thanks for people, God begins to move in your heart and he begins to open your eyes and helps you understand and know what good things you can do for the people that God brings to your, to your mind and to your memory. This has happened to me uh, many times. In fact, uh, I, I would say that through the course of all my years, uh, God shows me the good that I can do after I've spent time in prayer and praising God. Now, there are some people who are what I would call activists. Uh, they can be, be very, very busy doing things for God, but they have no time for prayer and no time for praising God. Well, can I tell you, uh, as, as believers who are supposed to be under the under the influence of the Holy Spirit and, and controlled and led by the Holy Spirit, you and I need to be in prayer. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to make sure that we take time to read our, our Bibles and hear what God wants us to do. God, God wants us to obviously be busy and working hard in advancing his kingdom, but he wants us first to have a very strong relationship with him. We need to walk with him. We need to hear his voice. We need to be encouraged in his presence. So as Christians, we believe that our God is sovereign. We believe that God knows what's going on right now. And we know that God is going to, uh, to do his will. And he is going to see his plans succeed. That's who God is because he is sovereign. What he is going to do and why we have to go through this coronavirus season, I don't know. I can't answer that question because I'm not God. But God knows. Here's what I know after serving God for over 40 years. I know that God uses these times of difficulty, these times of struggle, these times of imprisonment. I know that God uses these things for his glory and for his honor. And he brings good out of it. 
We know already that millions upon millions have been crying out to God and seeking God. People who have been going along merrily on their merry way, uh, doing whatever they want, suddenly they are confronted by this thing that is greater than any government and any president or king or queen on the earth. And so they realize how vulnerable they are and they find themselves crying out to God. Well, that's some of the good that's come out of that. And it's easy to speak in general terms, but what I want to do, I want us to see specifically what good God wants to do out of this time through us and in our lives. We want God to be glorified. We want God to be honored. And the way that we glorify God is that we do his will on earth as it is in heaven. So what is it that God wants to do? Uh, let's look at the Apostle Paul. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to Philemon. Um, it's just, for most people, it's just one, one page in their Bibles. It's a very short little book. If you've got a giant print Bible like me, it's a page and a half. Um, but here's, uh, here's what we see Paul doing. After he spent his time in prayer and praise, uh, he begins to, to, to speak to Philemon as his brother and starts encouraging Philemon. Let me pick up at verse 7. It says, Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this as a request from me. Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. Now just watch for this. Listen to what Paul is going to do. Listen and watch for the good that Paul's going to do. Verse 10, here it comes. I appeal to you. To show kindness to my child Onesimus. Onesimus, in case you don't know, is, uh, we believe, an escaped slave. A man who was a slave in Philemon's household. I appeal to you, show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Isn't that interesting? While Paul is in prison, the very... Well, the first thing he tells us is going on here is that he is he has led Onesimus to Christ. Verse 11. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I'm sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I'm in these chains for the preaching of the good news or the gospel. And he would have helped me on your behalf. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. Now, it sounds to me like Paul is forcing Philemon to do this, uh, but it's, it's Paul's personality coming through. And then we read in verse 15, it seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. 
Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. Isn't that interesting? Paul is saying Onesimus is, is my equal. And by the way, as brothers in Christ, that's exactly what we are. We're equals. If Onesimus has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. And then in, in capital letters, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, and I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. And I'm confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. May God add his own rich blessing to the reading of his word. So we see Paul in prison doing good. I could stop the message right here. But that really is the message here. You and I need to do good while we are in prison. Paul uh, is, is directing Philemon to forgive Onesimus. And this is the peculiar thing about Christians, is that we forgive even those who do the unforgivable. And in Paul's time, for a slave to run away from his master was in many ways, unforgivable. And many slaves lost their lives for being so bold. Well, what I want to invite each of you to do is I want you to think of what it is that God wants to do through your life while you are in prison. And hopefully, uh, this question will be the thing that dominates your conversation in your small group. What good can you do? And then hopefully you'll be able to share with one another the good things that God has led you to do while you are in your prison. So let me just give you a recap of Philemon. Paul is in prison. Onesimus, the escaped slave of Philemon, has found his way to the apostle Paul probably ran away and heard that Paul was there and not knowing anybody else, he ran to Paul, uh, perhaps regretting his stupidity, fearful for his life. He looked to the apostle Paul and Paul used that opportunity to lead him to the Lord. And now Paul understanding that the right thing to do, even though Onesimus is valuable to him while he's there in prison, we, I mean, the prisons in those days are not like the prisons today. You had to have people provide for you and meet your needs. And that's really what was going on here. So you understand how valuable Onesimus is to the Apostle Paul. But Paul knows that the right thing is to send Onesimus back to Philemon. And so here's, here's this letter. Philemon, it's through me that I led you to Christ. It's through me that, that you have eternal life. So you owe me your very soul. Paul says, I don't want to force this on you, but I have never heard anything more forceful in all my life. And I, I, think, I think we need to chuckle at this because I think that's really what's behind this. There's, there's, there's some, um, some humor here. 
And I think we have to assume that because Philemon is in the Bible, that this letter worked. That Philemon did, in fact, forgive Onesimus. We have to assume that because, uh, or otherwise it wouldn't be in the Bible, but because it is, we have to assume that. Now, Paul wants to see this relationship healed. He wants to see it whole. He wants to see these two Christian men, one a slave, the other a slave owner. He wants them to become one, unified through Jesus Christ. I wonder if this is what Paul had in mind when he said in Christ there is neither rich nor poor, neither slave uh, nor free. We are one through Christ. And that is uh, the, the great glory of, of our faith, the great glory of our Christian life, our Christianity, is that, is that we are all one in Christ. We are brothers and sisters. There is no division. Beautiful, isn't it? Well, this is what Paul is preaching. This is what Paul's advocating for. This is what he's agitating for. He wants to see these men become one. Paul is trying to do good in a place where you would think, what good could you do there? And I'm going to tell you, God knows what he's doing. We believe he's sovereign. We believe he's in charge. We know, we know that, that God doesn't make mistakes. So I would say to you that God wants you to do good. Where whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. What good can you do? You have the opportunity now. You can't say that you're busy doing, well, unless you're an essential worker, you're, you're, you're basically at home. You've got the time to do good. What good can you do? Well, here's Paul serving Onesimus and serving Philemon. He says, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. So this is the good that he's doing for Onesimus. He's, he's clearing the way for Onesimus to return to his master and to be forgiven. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you. And here he is. He is now being kind and blessing Philemon. You see that? He's doing good for Onesimus. He's doing good for Philemon. Let this grip your heart now, because for many of us, we are, we are self-centered beyond belief. We don't even realize how self-centered we are. It's easy to see the self-centeredness and the selfishness in others, but we very rarely do we see it in ourselves. I like the spirit of the living God to open your eyes, to help you see ways that you can be a blessing to other people, that you'd be able to see how, how in fact, you are self-centered by nature. Um, I know this doesn't sound very encouraging. Nobody wants to be told that. And yet, that is our big problem. Our big problem is not the coronavirus. Our biggest problem is ourselves. What does God want to do in your life, and what does God want to do through your life. Do you understand that we are, in, as Christians, we are in a position where we can do good. We are called to do good for the glory of God. 
In this case, the Apostle Paul, uh, he, he doesn't have any money. He, he, can't, he can't send out money to anybody. But what he can do is he can use his influence. In fact, Paul is going to bring peace and he's going to force forgiveness. Even though he said, Paul says, I don't want to force this, that's exactly what he's doing. And you'd say, well, I didn't know that that was, that that was important. And yet Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Paul is in a position to use his influence. Some of you are in a position right now where you have influence and you can make a big difference in people's lives. Maybe God wants to use you to reconcile people in your family. Maybe God wants to use you to reconcile brothers and sisters or, uh, or cousins or maybe, uh, who knows, uh, your friends that have, uh, haven't been speaking to each other. You're in a position of influence and God wants you to be a peacemaker. There's so much good that we can do. But if you never take the time to do what Paul did at the beginning of this letter, to pray and to praise God, then it's going to be difficult for you to hear the voice of God and to know exactly what it is that God wants you to do. Well, we know what Paul is supposed to do, but the question is, what does God want you to do? God wants us to use whatever we have for his glory and for his honor. Think about that. Some of you have money, you need to share that. Some of you have got good advice, People need good advice, you need to share it. We've got some people in our congregation who have got some, uh, some medical background, some medical um, uh, training that very helpfully have shared their wisdom with us and, and helped us. Um, some of you have influence that God wants to use. You know, you know what it is that God has entrusted you with and you know what it is that you need to do in order to be a blessing to others. Some of you are great encouragers. And I got to tell you, I, I have been so blessed over the last few weeks of the number of people that God has used to encourage and bless me. And the staff have said the same thing. So each of us has something that we can do, some good that we can do for the glory of God. And I implore you, use the things that God has given you to be a blessing to others. Now, in verse 16, Paul is using his influence and his authority to force Philemon and Onesimus to forgive each other, to embrace one another, and to love each other as brothers in Christ. It's a powerful, powerful image. You can look at that in verse 16. And then we read in verse 17, so if you consider me your partner, welcome Onesimus, as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. The Apostle Paul is prepared and willing to pay Onesimus' bills. That's a, it's powerful. I will repay it, and I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Does that sound like influence? It's, it's bordering on force. But, man, is that thrilling and inspiring and encouraging. It's amazing what God can do through you. I, I'm, I'm very thankful uh, for, for Shauna, who has been actually playing her guitar and singing songs and hymns just to encourage people that need a word of encouragement. There's so many ways that you can bless people. 
What, does, what good does God want you to do? For some of you, some of you are prayer warriors. You're intercessors. This is your chance to intercede like you've never interceded before. Go into prayer and pray for those who are in need. What good can you do for others right now? How can you serve? Now, I'm going to tell you this. The key to making imprisonment bearable is to serve others. At our household, Sarah, our daughter is home. And man, is it good to have her home, not just because we love her company, but she's been busy cooking pies. She made, uh, I was going to say, she made us a a banana cream pie. Uh, She made us a lemon meringue pie. She made a coconut cream pie. I I say us, but really it was me because I'm the one that wanted it. She has been baking uh, muffins, and man, has it been exciting (laughs) at our house. So rather than walking uh, 10,000 steps every day, I'm eating 10,000 calories. That's what I say. Um, Gloria has been cooking our favorite food. Nicholas cleaned out the basement. He cleaned out the garage. Uh, he already set out the, the patio furniture, even though it's been snowing. But man, has is it, is it ever been good to be loved and cared for? Uh, but these are all minor things. The, the major things that I'm talking about are things, and by the way, not to, not to, not to say those things aren't important because it really was a blessing to me, but th- these, this business of encouraging each other, of in, using your influence, these are the things that brings glory to God in ways that, that you cannot even imagine. What good can you do for someone right now? Perhaps it's write a card to somebody, maybe send somebody a text, an email, a card with old-fashioned paper and pen and stamps and envelopes. I don't know if everybody still remembers how to do that. (laughs) But man, is it ever nice to have that? I I have a collection of things that people have sent me. Um, And I I refer to them. I go back to them and I look at them time and again. And I just find myself so refreshed and encouraged in that. Join our online prayer meeting because when you show up for prayer, it not only blesses our, the staff who are, are looking to God for guidance and help, but man, it, it's a blessing to the others who show up for prayer. And some, some like I say, they, they're there, they're not praying, but they are part of the prayer meeting. They are agreeing with us in prayer, which is so, so vital. Maybe you can facilitate a healing between two people. And even as I say that, those people jump to your mind those two people that need to be reconciled. The power is in your hands and you can do it. So you need to start praying. You need to start asking God for wisdom uh, to figure out how to bring reconciliation and healing there. This is the great good that you can do. Now, I'm going to tell you the reason that so many of us are miserable in our confinement is because of who we are confined with, who we're locked up with. Now, before you look at your spouse or your kids, what I really want you to do is I want you to look at yourself. This is what often makes us miserable. And, you know, no, no amount of conversation about improving your, your self-esteem, no amount of, of trying to encourage you to love yourself, embrace yourself is going to help you. What you need to do is not embrace yourself. You need to, to, to die to yourself. The way that you are going to be a blessing in this confinement is becoming completely other oriented is by putting other people first put yourself last 
I know it's, it's counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind. But to the spiritual mind, it makes total sense. Because this is how Jesus lived, and this is how Jesus has called us to live. Not once do you find Jesus calling anybody to serve him, to wait on him, and to treat him like a king. No, Jesus has come to serve, and that's what you and I must do. In that hour, in that moment, when you start to serve other people, I'm going to tell you, you are going to come alive. You are going to be filled with such joy, with such peace, with such happiness. You will not believe how happy you can be while you are in confinement. But that, my friends, is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform us and to make us like Christ, to set us free from the bondage to self and the bondage to sin. Put to deed, to death, your selfish nature, and the power of the Holy Spirit will, will come upon you and enable you to do the good that God wants you to do. It's so thrilling, so exciting. But this is Christianity 101. Let me remind you of that verse that we open with. Therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to those, to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. This is, this is who we are. Some say, well, that makes us do-gooders. Yes, it does. And I don't know why that gets a bad, uh, a bad rap, but that is actually not a bad thing to be called, somebody who does good. That's who Christians are, especially doing good to your brothers and sisters in Christ. So think about that. Which brother and sister in Christ right now need a word of encouragement from you? Here's the other verse I want to leave with you. Paul Fleeman, verse 6. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things that we have in Christ. We have so many good things in Christ. Now what we need to do is we need to share those good things. We need to go and do good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit at work in us. Thank you, O oh God, that you have called us to be like Jesus. You've given us clear guidance, clear instructions. We know exactly what it is that you want us to do, and you want us to do good. There's people right now that are in isolation that need to hear our testimony. Some of us are in the position where we can share our faith. Actually, all of us can do that. God, help us to be faithful in doing good for the glory of your name. Father, we thank you that, that we are, as Paul says in Ephesians, we are masterpieces uh, created to do good works for the glory of God. So, Father, may you be glorified as we do the good work that we can do while we are locked up. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said it. Amen. God bless you.